Welcome to It's All Her, the podcast for women who want to live simpler, better lives. I'm your host, Geordie Lucas. I'm the founder and editor of It's All Her. I'm a mum to a toddler and I was an actor in a previous life. Each week, I'm joined by a guest to talk about their life, their work, and of course, how they make life simpler and better. For the latest, head to itsallher.com or follow us on socials. Let's get to this week's episode. Welcome back. How has your week been? Mine has been a wild ride. I finally got diagnosed with endometriosis. In fact, I was also made aware that I have adenomyosis and a cyst on my left ovary, which is always fun. Now, I have suffered with horrific periods for many, many years. And finally, on Monday, I had a scan at a women's imaging center and I got some answers and I just burst into tears. There was this relief that I can finally go about fixing this issue, but it was also very, very validating because I've been gaslighting myself a lot lately that I'm probably just a wuss with a low pain threshold. But deep down, I've always known that there's something not quite right with the level of pain I get each month and not just with my period. It's the weeks before that I get this pain and bloating and it's just never sat right. Now, as with every major life event, I obviously got on the gram that night and posted about it because I have a lot of women that follow my personal account who I spend a lot of time in my DMs with talking about periods, and thyroid and mental health. And so I wanted to keep you all informed and also encourage women to seek answers. Now, this post wasn't even up for one hour before an Arbon vulture slid into my DMs telling me that I just need to do a green gut cleanse and that all the inflammation with endo would go, my thyroid function would improve and my mental health would be in better condition. Wild, isn't it? That, that there's a product out there that just fixes everything. She even had the audacity to ask me if I'd done research on the connection between gut health and endometriosis. Now to question or insinuate that someone who is suffering from a chronic pain condition or any condition for that matter hasn't done research is insulting. I cannot tell you the amount of hours I have spent Googling how to try and fix this horrific pain that I find myself with every month. Now, she was advising all this through voice notes on Instagram. So, of course, I did a screen video of her voice notes. I obscured her identity. Nobody's going to know who she is. And I shared them with you all. And something that you all picked up, which I found rather amusing as well, was for someone that was claiming that she could fix my endometriosis, she couldn't even pronounce the condition correctly. She called it endometriosis. Oh, I can't even remember how she pronounced it, but it was wrong. It's the predatory nature of these companies that makes my blood boil. If you are prescribing or advising on any sort of health-related products, you should have the credentials to do so. And Arbonne and these other pyramid schemes, because let's call them what they are, train up their glorified sales representatives to prey on vulnerable people in order to profit from their suffering. And quite frankly, it is disgusting. I could write a 60-page manifesto about why I really despise these companies, but I think that is my main my main gripe with them is that they aim to profit off people's suffering. 
With all of this said, I think this week's guest is very timely because Simone Landers is a talent agent. She is the founder of the Lifestyle Suite and they represent Australia's leading lifestyle and health experts, people who are actually qualified to give advice on things like nutrition, health and overall wellness. And this work that she's doing at the Lifestyle Suite is incredibly important because she's building the profiles of qualified health and wellness professionals, not just people who are trying to add you to their pyramid. So I sat down with Simone and we talked all about the importance of having experts within the media, but I started off by asking how and why she started the Lifestyle Suite. It is a bit of a funny story how I started this business. So I had kind of had this light bulb moment after watching Jerry Maguire, which is equal parts wonderful and embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I said to my husband, I think I want to be a talent agent. I think that I've got the skill set and the behaviours to do a job like that. And yeah. it was a bit of a running joke in our family. Um, and I just, I call it a set of um, very happy accidents that kind of led me to starting the business. But um, I ended up meeting some people that were working in this space. Um, they gave me some great advice. A lot of them said, don't do it, you're crazy. Um, others said, no, you could really make a goal of this, but you're probably just better off starting your own business. And I kind of just took this leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough to speak to a couple of people, in fact, people who are now my talent, who at the time were working with other agencies. And what they pointed out is that there was really a a dearth of talent agencies working specifically with health and lifestyle experts. And so there was this plethora of really good talent who were experts in what they did, but there didn't seem to be a home for them. And from a talent perspective, um, no one was really applying the sensibility that they needed um, from a management perspective for experts uh, that, you know, no one was looking after them to make sure that their reputation remained intact. And Mm -hmm. if you think about the kinds of experts I'm fortunate enough to work with, they're doctors and nutritionists and psychologists and athletes. And these are people that have spent 10, 15, 20 years studying, honing their craft, their reputations are everything to them. And so uh, really we set out to create a business model that supported them to achieve all the things that they wanted to in a public forum. Yeah. But really took great pains to make sure that we were protecting them and their reputations as well and making sure that what they were sharing with their audiences was appropriate and actually did what they had always intended to do, which was to educate the people that were listening to them and following them. Mm. And I guess with the evolution of social media, having experts and expert opinions is probably more important than ever because anybody can now pick up their phone and create a profile and and share whatever information they want to. So it is really important. It's quite literally vital. Um, And I think that um, COVID has thrown a bit of a different slant on things, but I think prior to COVID, um, we constantly battled against kind of the rise of the social media influencers who were playing in the health space. Mm. And very often our experts who had these really strong broadcast media profiles but hadn't really had an opportunity to build a social media audience really struggled with a lot of the content that was being put out there that was quite literally, it was medically incorrect. And, Mm. um, you know, I often say to our talent and certainly did at that time, if you can't beat them, join them. And I think for a lot of experts, it was trying to get their heads around 
hold on a sec, I'm so used to dealing with traditional media where people are asking me my expert opinion, but I now need to get my head around the fact that I am my own mini publisher. And how do I need to change my behaviour and the way that I communicate so that I can communicate directly with the people that are listening to me, the people who absolutely need my expert opinion? Mm. Um, You know, for me, talking to them from a credibility point of view and being able to showcase my experience and expertise and a lot of the work that we do with our talent now is really supporting them through that shift, particularly as they start to burst onto the scene from a media profile and how they can do that safely within the guidelines, within the regulations, which crazily, and I still find this so strange, um, the regulations that are put on healthcare professionals around sharing medical information yeah. are far more stringent than everyday influences, and I, I find that really strange. I've spoken about this on my personal Instagram before just how frustrated I get when I see people who are completely unqualified give advice on fertility or vaccinations. And I really feel like social media platforms have a responsibility to make sure that people that are giving advice are qualified to do so. But that is very hard to do and to police. Someone even suggested that if you're going to advise people on medical issues that you have to upload your your uni certificate. Like there's got to be some sort of policing. Yeah. On on because it could really ruin people's lives and it's really tricky. Um don't get me wrong, I think that there is real benefit to the concept of lived experience and yeah. peer-to-peer support and and learning. Definitely there's an argument for that. I think the challenge is um, that somebody's lived experience, particularly when it comes to their health, can translate so differently to somebody else who has a different set of circumstances. And until more recently, and I think there's been a really interesting shift, I don't necessarily think that the Australian population was savvy to who should I be listening to. I actually think that the health literacy in this country in the last three years has skyrocketed and I'm so happy to see it. And I I do think that audiences are responding to people that they know they can trust. Yeah. And to your point, I think that they are starting to bat back, push away uh, from people who they're starting to realise don't have the authority and the training mm. and the qualifications to be speaking about things that can ultimately affect their lives in such a powerful way. So you obviously represent a whole suite of of experts. For women listening to this podcast now who are wanting to establish themselves as an expert in their chosen field, what would your advice be for them? I think the trick is to arm yourself with all of the information you need and don't expect it to happen really quickly. And I don't say that to, to kind of dampen spirits at all. But I think that the most successful experts are those that set out to create a, a public profile with longevity. Mm-hmm. This is not about a viral moment or a flash in the pan. I think that, you know, just as it's taken a lot of our experts 10, 15, 20 years to gain those qualifications, it's going to take some time to build their audiences as well. And You know, we spend a lot of time, we actually run a program called the Academy and it's designed specifically for 
people who are expert in what they do, who want to grow their media profile but want to do it safely. Mm-hmm. And this is not something that you get taught at medical school or through a dietetics course. The media piece seems to be a bit absent. And so yeah. when we're working with this group of people who have so much good stuff to say, um, we try to help them understand that they need to be really clear on who they are, who they're talking to, and how they want to help them. And if they concentrate on building their audience, then the media opportunities typically come their way. Um, But it can take a little bit of time and it's worth being really savvy and having the knowledge about uh, why you're wanting to do it, who you want to talk to and what you want to educate them about and then doing it slowly and carefully as you start to build and establish that profile. You touched just before on on growing an audience. Yeah. Gone are the days where you could just sort of break into traditional media, whereas now it's really important to have a profile online before you can sort of get into those traditional media spaces. How, How has that affected how you work and when especially when you're taking on new talent how important is it for you to see that they have a a social media presence it's a really good question so I don't make a decision on whether we're going to bring talent into our stable based on the numbers that they have but I absolutely look at the content that they're putting out there I'm looking Mm. for do they know who they are do they know who they're talking to by looking at their content and the things that they're saying, do I have a sense of the kind of person they are and what they're passionate about? Are people engaging? Are they trying different things? You know, they're the things that we're looking for. And, and the fact is that even with small numbers, anybody can do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, we talk about this concept of um it happened overnight. Nothing happens overnight. I mean, when I look at the talent that we're working with who now people might say, oh, my God, they're everywhere. Um, yeah. Somebody who's a really good example of that is Dr. Priya Alexander, who I know that you're familiar with. Yes. Um, but when I first started working with Priya, I think it was four years ago now, she had a relatively small social media audience um, and she just committed to them she committed to the people that were following her and it grew as a result and she was is was and is real and authentic and uh very open to being herself and I think people just gravitate towards that I think the the times of that kind of um talking head yeah I don't think people relate to that anymore I think people want to see the human behind the expert Mm. and somebody who can show that's who they are but still educate at the same time they're the people that are rising to the top um and Priya is a really great example of that I mean two years ago three years ago there was no tv show there was no tv yeah. presence um and now you know she's across multiple networks and um she's got her first book coming out this year and you know there are so many things happening but that is an intense amount of work behind the scenes to get it to that point and it's a consistency of effort yeah um and driven by just a real want and need to share important health information with people. Yeah. 
I do often look at her and just think, oh, my God, how? You're a mom, you're a GP, you're on these shows, you've written a book, like how are you <laughs> possibly doing all of this? She's a machine. Yeah. She's a machine. I will say that. She's possibly one of the most organised and efficient people I know. But you I would have to be. <laughs> she is. But I think the reason why it works so well is because everything she does comes from the heart. You know when you're trying to explain something to someone and you're struggling to find the words, yeah. often it's because it doesn't fit or it's not right. I think for Priya, she just knows exactly what she wants to say in that moment. And so it's not that she doesn't prep. She puts enormous prep into the work that she does. Mm. But but because it's so natural, it comes easily to her in many ways. She's also an incredibly hard worker. And I think that that is really important. I think for anyone who wants to build a profile in the media, they have to be prepared to put the hard work in because, you know, no one's going to throw the opportunities up to you on on a platter. Definitely not. So for people who who are wanting to, and I guess you don't even have to be an expert, but anybody who's listening to this that is wanting to build a a profile for whatever industry they're in on and offline, what would your advice be for them, some practical tips? Mm, I think some of the things that I see experts do all the time is focus too heavily on what they want to say rather than think about the experience of the individual that they're saying it to. Mm. And so I think people put so much effort into what are the right words that need to go into this that articulate what I'm trying to say. But if they thought about what experience do I want the person reading it to have, what action do I want them to take, it's actually going to connect with that person far more easily. Mm. And I think the same applies to social media. Or if you're pitching to media, what do you want their audience to take away from it? And I think if you lead with that, with putting yourself in your audience's shoes, then I think that that resonates so much more and I think it creates those opportunities that we're talking about. Yeah. And I think the other thing is just consistency, like a, a lot of content, a lot of the time, um, because it does take a little while. Um, to grow that audience and to grow Mm. people to kind of start to take notice of of who you are and what you're saying and why they need to connect with that. So um, put yourself in the other person's shoes and uh, be really consistent with the work. I think you hit the nail on the head there with the consistency of of content. Sometimes it feels like you're just throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks. And sometimes the content that you're least excited about in yourself is the one that performs the best. Yeah. 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 I also think it's okay every now and then to think, God, I don't have anything to say today. And that's yeah. okay as well. Some days we we don't. And then it's okay to have a couple of days out. Um mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's it's being really clear on on what you want to say and making sure that what you want to say and who you're saying it to matches the perception that people have of you as well. Yeah. I think sometimes there's that disconnect between who somebody appears to be and what they're saying. I think it just confuses people. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of clarity around who am I, what do I do, what am I passionate about, what do I want to say, who do I want to say it to, they're all really important questions for people to be asking themselves if they want to pursue this kind of activity in that in that public or media space. Mm. I finish off all my interviews with the same question and at It's All Her, we're all about making life simpler and better for women. How do you as a business owner, mum, how do you do that for yourself? 
Well, this has been my lifelong challenge, Jordi. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted better. I've not always done it simpler. Yeah. Um, but I think the big learning for me in the last couple of years is ask for help. Mm. Um, traditionally, I was really bad at that. Um, and I just felt like I could do it all on my own and no one can do it all on their own. And, you know, I'm very fortunate. Uh, I have a beautiful family. I have a wonderful partner. My kids are phenomenal some days. Mm. Um, and my <laughs> Not always. <laughs> yeah, exactly, some days. Uh, and my team are incredible and the commitment that they make every day allows me to do what I do. Um, and I think also the trust that our talent have, uh, not only in me but our wider team, mm. uh, has allowed me to kind of teach them and, and get them to do things as well and we kind of share the effort. I think that's made things simpler. Yeah. Well, Simone, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us this week on the show. Of course, I will link everything in the show notes, but all the best for the rest of 2023. Thank you so much, Jordi. Really appreciate your time.